Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Lane Foundations podcast. I'm your co-host, Davis Hambrick. Going alongside me today is Walker Lot. But before I get introduced, Walker, <laughs> I just want to give a quick shout out. Steve Turner, bring back the trades out of New Hampshire. Uh, he's just doing great things. And we had to rep his, oh, I rep his gear today. On. That's right. I rep the gear today. Just, uh, hey, thanks, Steve, for the, for the free swag. But also, man, you're doing a great job and we just appreciate you. But without further ado, Walker Lot. What's up, man? <laughs> What's up, dude, man? How's your week been? Good, dude. That's been uh, we're we're I'm inspired. I'm motivated. I'm ready to get after it. We have been yeah. talking for like another 25, really like 35 minutes after the podcast. So, mm-hmm. what about you, buddy? Man, I'm pumped. Had a one of my best friends' wedding last weekend, so that was a RJ. ton of fun. RJ Jennings, shout out. There you uh, go. He's so excited for him and and his wife Michaela. Uh, they are at the beach now in Turks and Caicos. I wish I was there. Dang. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? No, but it was a ton of fun. I'm tired, um, but it's uh, it's it was awesome. Get to see everyone, and you know, it's kind of like a second family to me. But man, dude, we had an awesome guest today. Finally, got him on the show, Felipe Engineer. Uh, he's and got his <laughs> He's got his own show as well. But he uh, he's awesome. He loves Scrum and Lean and everything to do with making uh, the construction site and the world a little better place and more efficient, I guess you could say. But he throws out a ton of good stuff, including little uh, nuggets at the end of uh, a play the longer game and ask for help more often and uh, you know improve yourself and, and everything else that he talks about. And again, I'm not going to go deep into those because you got to listen to the show if you want to find out a little bit about it. No, sure. but it, but Felipe was he was a ton of fun to have on the show and his sound effects uh make it a little bit better too as you'll come to find out. <laughs> yes, and just for the next time, guys, we're gonna put uh maybe a dollar per sound effect. So me and Walker make some money <laughs> off of how many times he can actually maybe resist not playing sound effects. But no, we had a great time. Felipe, uh awesome guy, extremely thankful that he spent the time with us. But man, like Walker said, he's the the host of the EBFC show. He's the author of Construction Scrum. He's a construction scrum expert and he's certified and being able to teach it. So the guy knows a lot about scrum. Obviously, he knows a lot about lean, but at the heart of him is just wanting to help people. And that's what it's about. That's really about what lean is. He, you know, at the very beginning, he started to talk about what got him into lean from Walker. That's a great question. He talked about how the guy he went up afterwards after the guy's seminar and said, um, no, not reading Felipe saying this to the guy. Nope. I'm not reading. Well, goes, well, when's the last time you spent a lot of time with your family or something along the lines of that? Yeah. And yep. he goes, all right, what book yeah, is right. it? And it's just, you know, the value of that. Like we're all in a different walk. We all believe different things. Um, and regardless of what you believe, the heart of lean is grow 1%, just grow a little bit every day. And yep. if you can take this massive, lean concept and dissect it down to this one thing of I'm going to take a little bit and apply, take a little bit. I'm going to apply. That's where your growth starts. And that's where, um, these concepts begin to make sense. Then you work your way into where you have the easier, better for construction podcast and the scrum and how do you continue to use that framework to get better. But guys, we just had a great time getting to know about Felipe. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. So without further ado, Felipe engineer Menriquez. Are you tired of being told to just be yourself at an interview? Do you leave interviews wondering if you nailed it? Well, in 2022, Laying Foundations is here for you. We'll be offering a career prep service to help you land the job. 
To start out, we'll book a free consultation call to get to know you, your interest, your personality, and what you feel least prepared when heading into an interview. After that, we'll update your resume to industry standards, walk you through your track to growth, hone in your elevator pitch, and show you how to stand out amongst other candidates. To learn more, go to our website and click on career connections at lang-foundations.com. Felipe, welcome to the show. We're pumped to have you as always. It's our first time. We, we, I, you know, Davis and you have talked before. Uh, I see you all the time on LinkedIn and, and see your posts and get to hear about you, but this is our first time meeting. So we're excited to have you on the show and get to learn a little bit more about you and what you do. So just to begin with, who are you? Where are you from? And what do you do? Yeah, thank you, Walker. This is, ladies and gentlemen, it's the first time that Walker and I have the honor and the privilege. That's right. Of having dialogue because uh, David <laughs> right. has been like abusing my phone. No, he has not. We've actually <laughs> talked quite a bit. I think the last time I talked to, to Davis, I was in like a, I was in a parking lot of an office supply store that I'm not going to give free advertising to, and I was about to drop about a five hundred dollars on post-it notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. That lean work. Yeah, exactly. Right. We burn a lot of post notes. So my name is. Felipe Engineer Menriquez. I am the host and CEO of the EBFC show, the easier, better for construction podcast, but it's also easier, better, faster, and cheaper for everyone worldwide. And I've had uh, quite a few different types of people on my shows. You guys are our fans, I hope. And I am a fan of your show as well. I've listened to quite a few episodes and yeah, I love it. I think it's a great message where I grew up. I grew up in the beautiful middle of the country well not quite not quite the middle it's kind of towards the north we still have four seasons south side of chicago that's where i grew up yeah that's where uh 20 almost 30 years in Mm. chicago before going west to california and i've been west ever since yeah way west i think yeah all the way west (laughs) except for hawaii three thousand miles away from where i started that's where i am now yeah Hollering at people from the northern part of California, just outside of Sacramento. So that's where I am right now today. Yeah. It, it's a beautiful day. It's, uh, it's still uh, still sunny where I am. I'm just checking right now. Yeah, still sunny and beautiful. Still it is dark and cold here. Beautiful, <sighs> dark and cold. I love it. <laughs> you, you lasted about two minutes and you had to get it in. I love it. But Felipe, man, I mean, that was very humbling for you. I appreciate you saying that you've listened to our show. We, yeah, I do as yeah. likewise, and I know Walker does, but um, just your support means a lot. As awesome. Obviously, we've said you, you're doing a, wa- a lot better job than us, and we aspire. We're growing to that to where you're at. But kind of let's back up a little bit. You know, yeah, you told us about what. Back up. I, I forgot to even tell you guys that I wrote a book. That that's I where I was going. For people listening yeah. to the show, yeah. it's called Construction Scrum, and it's all about how to implement the Scrum framework in design and construction. Although you could use the Scrum framework for absolutely everything you do. And as I was telling young Davis earlier in earlier conversations, I use Scrum even for the show. So the whole podcast show, even getting to this meeting now, except for that, I forgot what calendar I put this meeting to. (laughs) Outside of that, I was ready. And I knew that there was something happening today. Right. Well, Felipe, tell us a little bit about your story. I want to know about how you got into construction. What was that that moment in your life to where you kind of decided, you know, I'm going to go into construction? Yeah. So let me set the the tone. I can be uh, dramatic for a second. You guys don't mind if I get some drama. Do, do you? it. Go for it. So it was the year was 2000 and something. <laughs> a long, long time ago. I was in college and I was thinking like, you know what? I like computers. I want to build computers forever. 
And uh, Y2K happened when I was in school. And so my dreams of being a computer engineer were shattered thanks to the economy and an inflated hype over nothing other than some code where no power plants turned off. For those of you too young, do you ever remember what happened in Y2K? Nothing happened. So you didn't miss anything. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I studied computer engineering and then a friend of mine was in school. We were engineering school and he had me tour a construction project job that he was working on as an intern. And I thought, wow, it's going to be so hard for people to throw away this building after a year, like these cell phones we're designing in school. And I was doing a lot of like wireless communication and signal process theory and a lot of like controls and systems thinking. After I toured that uh, job with my friend, uh, I said, this is, this is awesome. I mean, I got bit with the construction bug, changed my major to electrical engineering because it would be too hard of a chasm to jump. Uh, to convince a construction person that this uh, computer engineer wanted to work in construction. So that was an easy change, changed that and uh, started working in construction. I've been in construction ever since working for general contractors. I started off my career in Chicago, working for Turner. Then I worked for a small GC before then going West and where I spent uh, a lot of my career for McCarthy and in the, as a, a management side of a general contractor. So I tell people like, I'm a recovering project manager, but I still use, uh, you know, all the, the tools and things that I learned from then, even now. And then the last uh, about half decade, I spent uh, hyper-focused on link construction principles, techniques, methodologies, volunteering and giving back, creating content for the larger construction community worldwide. And that's what I've been doing. Yeah. That's a little Incredible. bit. About find me. Yeah. Find me on LinkedIn. TheFelipe.bio.link is the best way to get all the social media stuff, right? Man, you got it down. Yeah, you got to have it. Uh, got to get those points, man. I get extra points. I was telling my friends, like, every time I can say TheFelipe.bio.link, I hear that bell. In my, you guys hear that same bell, too? Because TheFelipe.bio.link. I'm glad you're hearing it, too. I hear the bell in my head. I hope that your audience hears the same bell, too. Yeah, I hope it's not just you, Felipe. That'd be, uh, we might have some deeper questions if it was just you. Yeah. <laughs> now, Felipe, your story's awesome. Uh, I'm excited to dive into it a little bit. And I know we'll, we'll get everywhere. We'll get to, to Scrum and to your book and to everything else. But first, I want to learn a little bit about how you first started getting into Lean. You know, Lean's not something everyone has heard about before. It's actually, well, the people looking outside into it looks, thinks it's very complicated and, and right. something that not everyone does, you know, but when you're in lean, you kind of look out and be like, it's really not that hard, you know? And no. so I kind of want to hear your input on it and your construction time in construction before using lean and then kind of how you got into it and, and now what you do with it. Yeah. Just for the people listening at home, I've got a very healthy receding hairline with a very prominent <laughs> widow's peak. Nice handsome man on here. <laughs> Thank you. Ignore him. We've got uh, Davis. Davis and I have a bet on when this video will see uh, YouTube. So yep. <laughs> let me check in Walker's progress daily. See what happens. You can judge for yourself how yep, old it will But yeah, uh, exactly. 22 years plus in uh, design and construction, including some internship times. So when I used to work for a large uh, water reclamation district in Chicago. My first internship, working on very large underground, all kinds of good stuff that, to keep the sanitation of the beautiful city of Chicago alive and well. Mm. And so one of the things that I realized is that I didn't know anything about lean at all, like nothing. 
for more than a decade, I was actually at a, a seminar, a company seminar, and there was a director that had worked in manufacturing and he got up and he was doing a presentation on these new methods being borrowed from manufacturing. And I thought, it's really strange that uh, he's like in a really good mood and all the people on his team are like happy and they don't look nearly half as tired as I look and feel. And I was, drinking, <laughs> I was telling people like, I remember I was like a coffee abuser. I was drinking like two pots of coffee a day. Holy cow. Yeah, it was intense. And I was working easily seven days a week all the time on the regular mm-hmm. during that time of my career. And it wasn't the first time that I did that. It was like, it was like the third or fourth time that I had been on this like consecutive slew of just being on the luckiest jobs in the world where I'd get to work so much overtime for free. <laughs> as a salaried employee. So lucky. So <laughs> lucky. You're just so lucky. There's like, there's none of this for us when you're salaried, you know, yeah. none of that and none of this. It doesn't matter like where your cash register rings out at. It's like right. uh, when you're salary, you just work what you have to, to get the job done. And that type of attitude uh, just is very dominant in the industry where people, that's the first solution people go towards. And this is where this, this director is telling us that there are these methods and tactics that you can use that start with principles. And like, you can hear the eye rolls in the audience for the everyday person, like principles. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hear about principles. We want to hear about results. Right. We got to the results later. And he only had like, you know, 30 minutes to present. And I saw that the client satisfaction was through the roof on their project. The staff was pretty young. I mean, they were, even at that time, this was over a decade ago, they were younger than I was. And they, they were all about learning. And I thought, what is this thing called lean manufacturing? Never heard of that. And I didn't know lean construction was. So I, I came up to him afterwards and there wasn't a line of people. Nobody was like bum rushing him for, (laughs) you know, Q and A. And uh, we started talking about, uh, they had this little group where they get together. And uh, this is in my book too, in Construction Scrum. I think there's a chapter in there about this backstory. So if people want more backstory, you can read about it for free. It's available on Amazon. And if you've got Amazon Unlimited, you don't have to pay any, any coin at all. You just pay (laughs) it for free. (laughs) But uh, I said, okay, how do I get involved? And he said, you got to read a book. And I thought, nope, nope. I think I was shaking my head. No, even before the word no came out of my mouth and he caught me at just the right time. And he just asked me a couple of questions about how was I enjoying working so much? And then he asked me something about uh, how much time was I spending with my family? Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, what's the name of the book? And I bought the <laughs> book. Okay, it was called uh, lean thinking by Womack and Jones. And if you're watching on YouTube, it's actually over this shoulder that I'm pointing to. That's right. Um, underneath the the glowing chairman's award from the lean construction institute that's prominently displayed there in blue that's right yeah lean thinking by womack and jones and in that book i learned just three concepts in the first chapter that instantaneously transformed how i work and that was the concept of value from the customer's perspective non-value added but necessary waste which we consider like policies and you know, following certain types of laws. And then finally, you've got the pure waste, which is if something, if you stop doing it, nobody would care and nobody would bother you at all. It's like things that you just shouldn't yeah. do. Yeah. And those three concepts just transformed everything and got me onto this like kick, which I finally fast forward to the end of your question. 
Lean, lean is just learning. Yeah, really like it. Yeah, right. After a decade of study, and I think I, I might have said this to Davis in one of the times that we were talking. After decades of study, I've come to realize that it is just learning. Lean yeah. is learning. That's right. We have to like forget some of the bad habits we have as we, we go through the world. And if you're out there, if you're a, a trade partner, if you're young, you're old, crusty, uncrusted, got crust off, no crust, or you're a crustables. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're a cracker or a chip. Yeah. Or a pita bread makes no difference. Right. Like lean right. can be for you too. Yeah, that's good, Felipe. And that makes me think about how, just in a simple term analogy, I'm going to explain this example. But you know, my job site, I had the just the idea, just a basic principle of the cut down waste of, man, why are we moving these metal studs ten times around the building? Like, why can't we think about where they need to go? If it needs to go to the ninth floor, only bring up the ninth floor metal studs. Or how about this? Only order the the amount you need for the ninth floor, not every single floor, but just stuff like that. But I love how you brought it back to the point of it's just learning because like Walker said, for the people looking in, they see this big thing. Yeah, I guess it's just like, you know, a worldview of where we're at, but people think they got to have it all to know or how to start if that makes sense. They have to think they have to know everything about lean to get started in the space when what you said, it comes down to, do you want to learn and will you apply it? And that really goes into, you know, one of the things Walker and I talk a lot about Felipe is it is so hard to get a person to want to change. The only person that can change you is you. So only person that can change Davis is Davis. And, you know, I might be getting into a little bit deeper about more than just lean. I can easily go to that route, but you know, I think it's a it's a it's a big deal to just want to take a piece of something, try to uh, bite it up, chew it out, and, and work at it, and continue to grow off of that. And I think that's just a simple message of lean. But um, any thoughts on that before I go forward? Yeah, I think absolutely too. Like I've had people ask me all the time, like you have book rec- recommendations for me. I get that question a lot, especially on social media. And I always come back to them with questions first, like. I don't even know what you know or what you want to know. How can I recommend a book to you? I mean, duh, construction scrum. I mean, obviously you don't even need to ask me like that's the book you should get. And you know where you can find that book. You can find it at the Felipe.bio.link. Hello. That's right. That's right. Just go there. You can find a link to that book there. Uh, but I think a lot of people, I agree with you completely. Like the only person that's going to change Davis is Davis. Like right. Walker, Davis, you and I can, we can influence Walker. We got him. We, <laughs> peer, peer pressure. Yeah, we can peer pressure, but you got to have a good reason to want to change. Mm-hmm. And so like a lot of people that ask me for recommendations or books to read, you know, I might give them one, one book or two, depending on what they say. And then yeah. if I get somebody coming at me with like multiple requests for learning, it's like, okay, share with me what you learned based on the, the last book you read. Or like somebody will tell me like, there's this amazing thing called systems thinking and you know who you are out there listening to the show. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. Like, Adam. Yeah. Watch out, Adam. And I was always like, well, what are you doing with that information? So it's, you have to do something with it. Like having, having knowledge is just data and data doesn't transform anything. And we, we are, we're after transformation. That's what we want. We want Real experiences. I'm uh, one of the tenets of Scrum is empirical process control theory, which is fancy speak for human beings learn by doing. Yeah, we learn through our senses and our experiences, and that's what I want to find out. So, if somebody reads a book, I don't, I don't care what it is, or if somebody's learning something about lean, 
you know, how are they applying that? What did they try? Hmm. Another cool thing that I learned from a guy who's in the space that actually says a lot of nice things about Scrum is a guy named Dave Snowden. Hmm. And Dave Snowden is this Welshman. He's a prolific writer and he's uh, coined this phrase or this term called Kenevin, which is spelled C-N-E-F-I-N. I believe it. that's how you spell it. And he wrote a book about the Kenevin framework. It's about complexity and chaos and when to apply and understand if you're in a simple thing, a complex thing, a compl- something complicated, or if you're in straight chaos. And, okay. uh, and he often says, and I've, he's, got, he's got some amazing TED Talks out there and speeches on YouTube as well. And he talks about, uh, and he's Dave Snowden, not the guy that, not the intelligence guy, not to be confused with that guy. This is, <laughs> this is one that sold all the secrets. Yeah, not that guy. This is a, a Welshman. Yeah, in, uh, in England, for those of you that don't know where, where the Welsh live, it's, it's England. And he always talked about Scrum being a framework for people to operate inside of that actually allowed for things to emerge. So you could be in, in complex or even in complicated, and Scrum would be very beneficial for you as a framework to get a lot of things done because it still allows for things to emerge. It's not so prescriptive and so heavy-handed like some of the other lean tools out there where, you, it's, where people are just binary, like the light's on or the light's off. I'm either on mute or I'm not muted. So where did, uh, where did, where did Scrum come from within the lean tools? You know, like how did, how did that develop or become a child, I guess, of the lean principles? That's the first time I've ever been asked that question. Thank you. Thank you so there much. There we go. You're welcome. Walker. That's Walker what I'm here for. First right here. Yeah. I think that gets the air horn. <laughs> so yeah, Scrum has its roots in the Toyota production system in lean manufacturing. Okay. And the, the name comes from this uh, Harvard business review article written in the nineties, or maybe it was written 1986 to be super precise. <laughs> it's called the, the new, new product development game. And the word new is twice. I didn't like misspeak. And it was a paper written by Nanaka and Takeuchi. And they were looking at companies in Japan that were really different than the rest, like outlier companies. Like you think of like Jim Collins is good to great. These would be like the companies in Japan with the same type of stature where they're just making incredible gains. And, and what these researchers found that everybody in certain organizations, especially high performing organizations, they're all operating in one singular direction. And the only place that ever saw that in ever was in Scrum, the game of Scrum, rugby, where the ball gets put back to play. And people okay. are in full contact pushing together. It's not an acronym. And it just was like something that to describe how people were all working in one direction. Hmm. And so when Jeff Sutherland, who invented it, uh, co-creator Ken Schwaber, when he coined the phrase or he read that article, uh, he was developing this system, this framework throughout his entire career. He was a West Point cadet. He, was in, he fought in Vietnam as a fighter pilot, later studied medicine. He's got a PhD. And, you know, and he's, he's, he likes to read. So he reads a lot and uh, takes in a lot. And the framework has changed over time. Like it's gotten, it brings in things into it. So like a lot of, I mean, Jeff says in his own words that Scrum is foundationally built on top of a lean foundation. And specifically, like a lot of the great things that happen in the Toyota production system. It's so like, as you guys study, uh, anyone out there who's like a little bit of a nerd like myself, and you've ever heard of the PDCA framework that was made famous by 
William Edwards Deming, Dr. Deming, or Ed as his friends called him. That framework was not even invented by him. That was invented by somebody else called Walter Schuhart at one of the, the Bell Labs or AT&T companies, one of the early companies from the telephone system in the United States. And that's where that had its roots and that got exported to Japan. And that framework is the scientific management methodology in like a four-step deal. And that is foundationally what Scrum is built on top of. It's meant to get us to take action. So yeah, did I answer your question, Walk? You got it. I was, I've been, I've always wondered, I've been seeing this thing. So I've been excited for this podcast to ask you that. I'm like, you know, it's because you hear lean and then you hear scrum and you think, are they two different separate entities or are they kind of one that developed from the other, but that you answered it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Lean is older. Like a lot of people put its roots at like the 1950s. But again, when you dig, dig, dig into it, it's way older than that. It changes names every couple generations. Okay. So there was a time where people would have looked at what the, to- what the total quality movement was at one time. And they would say that a lean morphed out of that, but it's not, it's not accurate. Mm-hmm. It was just a, it was a phrase coined by John Krafzik when they were studying. He's one of the people that was part of the lean thinking, but Womack and Jones group of people out of MIT studying companies worldwide, specifically automobile manufacturing for the most part. I mean, they studied other companies too. And the machine that changed the world. That's another book that if you want to get nerdy on the machine that changed the world by Jim. Yeah. I recommend that one on audible too, because they did an update to it recently and they do like then and now in the later chapters. And it's fascinating to hear how Japanese companies invest in each other. So they get this whole concept of skin in the game. So in the Hmm. supply chain, you know, like in construction, we can hire, pretty much any vendor to do anything, right? As long as they're qualified. But in in assembly, in automobile manufacturing assembly in Japan, it's common for companies to be invested like with significant cash positions in each other's companies. And so when they partner together, like they have a a cash position, vested interest in seeing the partners be successful, which is something we don't have here in the United States, which is totally radically different. And you learn about that when you read the machine. As it's called is that similar to like IPD and construction where every where everyone kind of has a shared interest at the end of it, or is it not like eh, not really? That is actually correct, Walker. Okay. I mean, Ooh, sweet, there it is. So, two David, two. Is, is, if it's a competition, Davis, Walker's kicking your butt right Step now. Step it up, man. There you go, Walker. <laughs> so, he's stepping it up. Yeah, IPD for those of you that don't know the acronyms like Walker does, that's a gonna lose one point for that uh, but the, uh, integrated project delivery do i get that point back there you go okay he's got it back <laughs> he gets the point back damn integrated project delivery what's what stands that apart is built in the same type of thinking that we've got to have we've got to be interconnected so you put your profit at risk and a shared profit risk reward so even the designer the architect and the prime trades will all put their profit at risk together in a pool by percentage and if the project is successful by the measures that they determine, then everybody gets at least equal to profit or more. And if the project doesn't do well, then your profit goes down proportionally with everybody else's. Mm-hmm. So everybody looks out for everybody and it creates a completely different environment. And for those of you that have ever been on an IPD job, once you go on one, you can't go backwards. It's going to be really hard to go back to the, the old way of doing things where it's us versus them. Mm. Yeah, that's great. I think that um, 
the us versus them mentality. We talked about this a while back, Walker with Alex Willis was we have right. to get something where there's a common ground instead of battling each other. Yeah. Um, but kind of shifting here, you know, you mentioned you're about transfor- transformation. Tell me, tell me a little bit about why the EBFC show and Felipe is about transformation. Yeah. I mean, selfishly, I transform myself. So I had a, a major, like I talked about how I didn't know anything about lean manufacturing or this whole world of lean construction that's been the thing since also magically the 1990s, cool times. Um, I had a transformational moment when I learned and I realized that that impact, that opportunity would, isn't afforded to everybody. And so the whole point of the show is to show people just how easy and available these things are. Most of the things that we're talking about so far are all in the public domain. There is nothing that's proprietary, like the Scrum framework is totally free. Uh, coincidentally, you can read the Scrum guide or listen to my audio version at the Felipe.bio.link. Yeah, you know what's coming. You know, it's like, oh, there's that bell again. And so, like, the stuff is for free, but you need to create conditions so that people can experiment with it. And I think uh, this type of medium, podcasting and YouTube and people that write blogs. Also, shout out to my friends at the Lean Construction blog that put out a ton of content. Yes, they did. As well. And the Lean Builder, that Joe and Keon and the Lean Builder put out a ton of content with their book as well. Yep. I mean, that type of stuff is just making it so that people can get access to it. Because if you don't, you know, just have the good luck of going to the right school where you learn about this as you're coming up, or you have amazing mentors, everybody doesn't have that opportunity. Some people, the type of work that they do, that's all they can do is just the work. And they don't have time to reflect and learn about other ways to do the work. So the point of the show is to show everybody that you can make your life easier. And when your life gets easier, gosh darn it, it gets so much better. And when your life is better, everything just gets faster. And when things are faster, you have more time and capacity to appreciate that things are getting cheaper. And that means... Making more money for yourself, your partnership, or whatever you value. It's not always money. It's not Walker, always money, but whatever. Walker, you I think we, uh, Walker, I think we found out we're going to have to uh, figure out a way bad. to cut cut that sound effect out next time we have him on. He's been <laughs> racking it up. <laughs> we're going to have to give him some type of uh, partnership deal with per sound effect. This is what sound you get. effect. Yeah, that's right. But Felipe, you know, you yeah. made me start to think about, um, you know, the lean construction and lean builder getting resources out. And then you started to talk about how if you don't have, a, you know, amazing mentors to walk you through. Well, I don't know if I remember telling you this or not, you know, just tell me yes or no. But I told you about maybe my Aunt Melissa. She's uh, um, in, in leadership, but she knew about lean whenever I mentioned it to her because she was taught lean manufacturing with some of her clients that she was going to talk to. And so, you know, she taught me a lot about personalities. She taught me a lot about uh, emotional intelligence. She taught me a lot about just the people side. The part that I think just gets so overlooked, you know, being in the field, I'm an AFM for Brass Gory, So, you know, I'm, I'm learning to try to be that superintendent out in the field. But, you know, I have been just divulging this concept of, okay, how do we change the narrative of emotional intelligence or not the narrative, but the phrase and make it attractive to the people out in the field? Like, what's a phrase we could use? And then how do we start this of, going to, like you said, maybe a crusty old guy or a non-crusty guy out in the field and tell him, hey, let's talk about, you know, emotional intelligence. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> you know, I've, I've had uh, 
I've been yelled at by quite a few superintendents in my career. And some of them, I would never use that phrase. I wouldn't use that label. Right. Depending on where you are in the country, like use what works for you. And sometimes it's easier to communicate with people in metaphors or similes and just connect with them uh, like they are a perfect case in point. So like we were doing a job uh, and we're going through punch list. And one of the superintendents that was on the project, we were in California, but he was from the South. And he was saying, okay, on this item here for the framer, uh, he's like, note down, I'm taking the notes, generating the punch list. This is earlier in my career. He's like, write down a hole so big you could throw a cat through it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my God. And and if you're not laughing, like, we've got got all kinds of people laughing on the show. the audience. Where are all these people coming from in the audience? That fleet base house. Just cracking up. I know. It's like a little bit of dad humor here. So I'd say, you know, use, use what works. Use phrases that work. So like if you boil down what emotional intelligence means, like now I'm going to get in trouble with Jake Carroll. Like it means connecting with people exactly where they are. Yeah, Jake, shots fired. <laughs> Got a live stream with Jake uh, this afternoon. And uh, that's what we're going to be debating. But like, if you're talking to an older superintendent that, that hasn't, I mean, a lot of these people, especially depending on what generation they are, if you're talking to a younger person like Generation Z or a millennial, you know, someone all the way through their 30s, they've likely learned about this growing up in school. It's been talked about. It's in the movies, even like it's in pop culture now where you see like, uh, you know, the Marvel superheroes talking to each other about how they feel and checking in and just like <laughs> That that was no no superhero movie that I watched growing up when I was a kid, you know. But now it's just it's in the ethos, it's in the environment. So I think use use what's just your advantage. It's like so if there's a popular movie and there's like a scene, or somebody's talking about a you know sports and how they're reacting to things, and you've got some emotions, just use that. Don't label it EQ, emotional intelligence, and like for what purpose? Like if you, just to get a label on it, like. I don't tell people that we're doing scrum when we work together. I just do it. And then afterwards they're like, how do we get that done so fast? And then if they're curious, then I teach them and show them. But I don't, I don't come at people teaching people stuff, except for Jake. Jake, you know, he's, he's a special example. I'm going to, I'm going to come at him hard. (laughs) Yeah. We're we're throwing down. And so I think, uh, you know, you know, what are your motivations? Like if you want to do that, like if somebody is, being like a real jerk and they don't realize, you know, they're causing damage to people. They probably are just not aware. Nobody's ever told them like, Hey, yelling at people, making people cry at work is not something to be proud of. It actually gets you loss of points, not uh, <laughs> excess of points, but there was a time uh, and it was not long ago. I mean, there are jobs today where people get yelled at and that's thought of as a way to motivate people. And right now it's 2022. And there are people walking on earth that still think yelling at belittling and making people afraid is the way to go. And it's only because they just don't know the alternative. That's, that's what I think. Kind of like football coaches. You know, I mean, when you start playing in sports, uh, you know, I, I heard my head coach tell me one time, people take criticism and learn a different way. So you have to learn your players and you have to learn how they respond. So for some people he would, just full out yell at them, right? And they would respond. They'd come back stronger. For some people, he'd stop and pull them aside and say, hey, this is how you got to do it. You know, and they would respond and come back better. 
But if you switch those and you just talk to someone who needed to yell at and you yelled at someone who needed to be talked to, then it wouldn't work. And so just learning, and I'm not saying yell at people at work. I know you just talked about that, but it, you learn how people respond in certain ways to certain criticism and how they need to be talked to, then that that's going to give you the best reaction. So the same goes with, you know, I, I guess I never think of it as EI, but it's just like learning how to talk to people and learning how they tick and also learning how to encourage them and how to build them up, you know, because if someone never hears good job, then over time, they're not going to they're not going to be motivated. They're not going to want to do their job. But if every now and then you're like, Hey man, you did a great job on that presentation. You did a really good job on that project. I like to hear a good job, you know, and a lot of people yeah. do. Most people yeah. do, even if they say they don't, you know, so right. it's just learning the process, learning how to talk to people and just developing that relationship, which Davis does a great job on site. And, you know, I, I try to do that in the office and with all the subs and vendors that I talk to, I know Felipe does it as well. And so it's just that it's that repetition. Davis, what yeah. you got? Yeah, I appreciate you saying that, Walker. Um, you know, I just think about that because you know, maybe I went, you know, I didn't explain the emotional intelligence piece right, but I like how you ended ended up saying the the, the metaphors and sim, similes and see if that person buys into that. Because then, you know, from that point, if you have something to teach them, then they're, they're willing to learn that. I love that. But, um, you know, I think about that often because, you know, the guys in the field, um, I'm the youngest guy by far on my job site. Like there's no, there's no question. <laughs> I've learned too. Also, I mean, I don't just go up to people and start telling them. What to, I now haven't ever approached it that way because I just know they've done this for 20, 30 years more than me. But um, the thing I'm just thinking about is, you know, they don't even have that walker, what you mentioned earlier of how I should talk to someone. It's just how they've been taught. It's, how it's Same ingrained way. in them They've done it for 30 and years whenever i tell them like genuinely man i appreciate you appreciate what you did like thanks for picking that up or thanks for knocking that out for me and, and responding clearly they're like why are you thanking me that's our job i was like but you did a good job and i appreciate what you do like thank you so much and they're like all right okay and they just think i'm weird they're like why are you nice to me why can't i be you're a human that has value and i appreciate what you do and they're just like who is this freak yeah. I'm just like, they're just not used to having someone say thank you. And that's just so strange to me. Welcome to construction. And it's not a phenomenon that's just here in the United States. Like we've done some stuff overseas and there's the same things happening overseas and in South America as well. We've had, I've had this conversation with friends from three or four different countries in South America and the same in Europe. I've seen it firsthand. And I think some of it's just a generational change. Or like things that we take for granted that is that is more normal, and I've got uh, I've got a young Gen Z in my house. I still don't understand his meme game like at all, but I'm I'm studying up and I'm learning. <laughs> you can <laughs> apply it to your show. Yeah, like why? That's right. funny? Like why is what the dog doing funny? I I don't know still. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't seen enough things yet to figure that out. That's a whole different thing, right? You know why it's funny. I mean, both right. of you just laughed, like, right. not even thinking. Like, right. Why are they laughing? I don't know. That's right. It, it's weird because I was talking about this with someone today. There's a guy on a drop site that a lot of them that don't have a smartphone. They just have a flip phone. And they viewed me as, oh, man, you always had a, a technology and an iPhone in your hand. I said, no, really, man. I, I had a first time I got a phone. I was in ninth grade and they looked at me like I was crazy. But I was like, I'm like the cusp of that generation. And that picked it up through high school and learning. But um, as we're kind of running out of time here, I know you got a hard cutoff, but let's go ahead and work into our last two questions. Felipe, 
for for our audience, our, our target audience is the younger generation trying to get them attracted into construction. What are some qualities you think they should pursue if they're trying to enter into construction? Yeah, one of the things that uh, I want to tell all the people that are young or just thinking about this, play the long game. It's a long game. I've been in this for over That's 22 good. years, and it's been exciting. At the times that when I was under stress or thought things were difficult, um, luckily I had people pull me back and just show me, like, look at this building. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, things are not going to happen quickly. And that's like actually, actually a positive. Yeah. It's not like construction's not, yeah. can, I mean, it can be dangerous, but it's not like if you don't do something this second, somebody's going to be just, you know, terribly maimed. I mean, yeah, there's accidents, the safety stuff aside, I'm saying for the, for the management and how we talk and communicate yeah. with people interact, hmm. take a breath, everybody. Let's all, all right. take a breath together. Oh Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you've got time. There is yeah. time to talk to more people, to get more information. There is yep. absolutely people smarter than even the people looking at a problem. And all you have to do is just ask for help and it's there. So right. first one, take a breath. You got time. Play the long game. It's going to, the buildings that you are a part of, or, you know, even the civil work and, and some of the other types of construction that's out there, it's going to be around for a long time. And you should be super proud that you contributed to making something that people can find beneficial use of. So be proud. It's very like fruitful. I still, when I go back to Chicago, I can, I visit the jobs that I was a part of. We drive by and I tell my son, like, look at that. That's what daddy was a part of that. So that's and, right. That's right. And, every dad in construction ever. Every, yeah. And construction moms too. Yep. And, and moms. Yeah. And, and moms. it's, it's fun. It's fun. And it's, and it's proud. The other thing is like, uh, ask for help more often. Like definitely try to solve things on your own, but ask for help more often. If you, if you try and you're like hitting the wall and you're getting stuck, like raise your hand, somebody in your construction trailer or your office has been through exactly what you're going through or something close. And they can, they can, it could be the difference of you spinning your wheels for five days or three minutes. That's right. And so ask for help. Don't ask for somebody. Now don't ask for somebody to do it for you. Right. Totally different story. Yeah, but ask for some leverage that wisdom and experience and knowledge. And don't be afraid to message people. Like uh, I remember the first time I I shot a a message to to John Shook, who wrote one of my favorite books of all time, Managing to Learn. And he like responded back to me. I was like, I was like a little fanboy. I got all excited. And I realized, oh, wait a minute. Like I'm engaged with this content. It's transforming and I'm messaging him in a meaningful way. And he wants he's invested in seeing me do better as a person too, as another person. Right. We're all people out there. And uh, if you want to get in touch with me, it's the Felipe.bio.link. That's right. That's, and that's how you can keep the conversation going. So if you've got questions, I've got answers, or I've got more questions for you come back. Right. Those are, those are a couple of good nuggets that I think will, will serve anybody and take you very far. That's right. That's good. I, 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 that's awesome. I, yeah, and I'll just uh, the the fanboy too. I, that's how I felt about whenever I reached out to Jason Schroeder. And now I know him, and just uh, he's a, just another dude just like us that's willing to help people and change people's lives. And you know, back then I was like oh, Jason Schroeder, and now I'm just like he's a cool guy that that's willing to help. You know, I mean, the I thing is, that. everyone everyone puts their pants on the same way. You know, everyone's right. people. Yeah, it's true. It's true. People don't be so shy. Engage. Give the podcast a like. 
the Lang Foundation's right. podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. These guys are doing something awesome. So support them, show them some love and subscribe and, and put a comment or two for crying out loud. Like ask a question in the comments and we'll respond to you. And That's give right. them a nice review on uh, Apple Podcasts because right. they deserve it. They absolutely deserve it. Oh, appreciate it. Man, Felipe, that's awesome. I, I love that. I, you know, play the long game, something uh, that not a lot of people hear because everyone wants it right now. They want it now, 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 or, you know, tomorrow. And sometimes tomorrow is too late for, for people. Right. One thing I, you know, that made me think about that is a lot of times you hear super, or one thing that you hear about superintendents all the time is they're also stressed or people in construction. So stressed. I'm not talking about you, Davis, but nah, people nah, in construction nah. are always stressed, you know, and that, because they, they got to get the job done. It's, it's crunch time and everything else. But, you know, what I say to that is I feel like sometimes they're not playing the long game on it, you know, because right. you, you should not be stressed if you have been prepared, mm. right? So if you have your project and it's coming down to crunch time and you're missing things or things aren't going right, well, then maybe you should have used lean construction or scrum right. or other different things or, or been more prepared. So it's just that, that preparation as well of, of knowing that you're going to be playing this long game on this year-long project to year-long project and trying to prepare it and stack things up in the beginning. So when you're getting towards the end, it's just kind of smooth sailing from there. That's, That's right. kind of like, something that so throw it back to Jason, just cause you know, yeah. he, you he served him up Davis. Toss it at him. Jason yeah. says, you got to have a smooth landing. Like, and a lot of projects, if things are going wrong and you're starting to put a, you're starting to clock a bunch of hours, it's not too late to change. That's the, that's a misconception. Yeah. You can, you can implement these processes at almost any time and turn around your job. Like we've yeah. seen it happen. I mean, I was, I got involved in a job and I know we're, we're going to cut it short, but this job was two years. Uh, it was late. Like, and it had already been going on for two years. It should have been, it should have been like a one and a half year job. And they're going on past sailing past at year, the year two mark. Mm-hmm. And the people said like, we can't make up any time. And I said, yeah, you can. And they're like, we've never made up a day. And I was like, I know. I looked at your reports. Like, watch you never this. A day. And I'm like, watch. Yeah. And we spent uh, like an hour talking to some of the people and they ended up pulling, they ended up pulling up two weeks faster Yeah, after an hour investment. So people don't give up. If someone says it can't be done, they just don't know how yet. Right. So yeah, get more people involved, get the right people involved, you know, phone a friend. If, if they're not in your immediate circle, who you can reach out to, and there's people out there that can help you turn it around. So don't, uh, don't get hurt out there. It's just the foundation for the rest of your life. You got to lay your foundation. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, Philippe, I think that's awesome. And, you know, I, I mean, that's, that's advice that everyone can take to the bank with them for any industry and any stage of life, life that they're in. But going off the last question, I know we only got about three minutes left. But, you know, I always explain this question. I know I don't need to explain it, but I just like to. It's kind of fun. But, you know, you've been through life. You, you've seen a lot of things. You've done a lot of things. You've had a couple of different jobs and career and, and everything else and developed and podcast. You know, so through learning all of that, what's something that you would go back in time and tell your 20-year-old self, your 25-year-old self, your 30-year-old self, you know, you name it, whatever stage of life you think you need this advice most, what is it and, and what would you say? I got it. And I think your explanation was spot on. So extra points for it. That's three Walker. Yeah. David. <laughs> three Walker, zero Davis. Right. You got, no, you get a point for bringing up Jason. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would go back to my younger self when I was working all those hours and I would say, you're not making any time to improve yourself. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would do an intervention on myself and I would just be like, you need to stop mm-hmm. and take, take a breath. And I think, uh, 
my son told me, he's like, dad, you need to learn how to chill. And in my younger days, I didn't have any chill in me. And the only reason I would say make space to, to reflect and because you're going to realize things about yourself that you're missing. Or yeah. if you're just so caught up into what you're doing day to day, then you miss out on what's actually happening. Like your life is just sailing past you. So I'd go back and I would start my, my deeper learning way earlier. Like there's things I know now. If, if I knew them then, I'd be in a completely different place. But, right. but then I would not have had this amazing journey that I had. So it's like a double-edged sword. But if you're still young, make space to learn daily. And if you're not learning daily, then, oh, my God, you're missing so much opportunity because it's gonna. you're just investing in yourself. And investing in yourself pays dividends. Yep. So good. It allows you to invest in others. That's the best part. Yep. Felipe, thank you so much, man. Seriously, truly, it's been an honor. Uh, we're pumped to have you on. Hopefully, hopefully we can get you on again soon. Absolutely. Uh, get a little bit more time to talk to you. I know it's been a blast, and it's flown by like that. You know, I, I've exactly. learned a ton and, and love getting to know you a little bit. But, again, thank you so much, and, and we appreciate everything you do for construction and Scrum and Lean and us. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. I'm glad that uh, you remembered the Felipe.bio.link. That's right. <laughs> Stay in touch with me and find all my juicy good stuff and content. <laughs> yeah, and if people don't remember that, I'll put in the show notes just to make sure we got it figured <laughs> out. Right. Extra points. It just came in. Oh, there we go. Well, thanks, yeah. Felipe. I appreciate it, brother. See you all. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today. We cannot tell you how thankful we are for every single one of our listeners, and we genuinely want to know and learn about you a little bit more. So if you're interested in maybe sending us a question or just saying, hey, or wanted to talk to us a little bit, please reach out to us at contact at laying-foundations.com. If you you didn't hear that, didn't understand it, you can go in our show notes and just click on the link and write us an email. Please, we would absolutely love to hear from you. Seriously, me and Davis get excited every single time we get an email from one of our listeners. It, it, It genuinely makes our day. But if you want to find out a little bit more about us uh, via social media, Davis is going to tell you a little bit how to do that. Yeah, thanks, Walker. Guys, like Walker said, reach out to us any way you can. We appreciate feedback, whether you like it or not. You know, it helps us grow in any way. We're welcome. We're, we're here to listen. And whenever you guys tell us, we're going to try to implement that into our strategy. But how to get in contact with us on social media. We have a LinkedIn account called the Lang Foundations Podcast. We have... Uh, Walker, Walker Lots LinkedIn profile. We have Davis Hambrick LinkedIn profile. We have a TikTok page called Lang Dot Foundations. We have an Instagram page, Lang Foundations. And then, you know, that's where we're at. These are all down in the in the show notes. But guys, we just want to put this out there and however you want to get in contact with us, we're 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 imploring you, please just reach out to us. We'll respond, we'll get back to you. And we want to hear from you that that you're the reason, one of the reasons why we're doing this. We want to hear from you. We want to hear feedback. How can we grow and how can we get better? Because like we said before, um, receiving accountability and receiving feedback is one of our core values. And that defines Walker and I at our core. We want to hear your feedback. We want to be, be held accountable.